We're happy to have this episode sponsored by Real Mushrooms. You probably already know about some of the great benefits of adding mushrooms to your diet, like better sleep, greater mental clarity, and a stronger immune system, but not all mushroom products are equal. Real Mushrooms is the real deal. Many mushroom companies harvest the mushroom and the grain it's growing on. Real Mushrooms products contain no grains or starch fillers. They're organic, cultivated naturally, and third-party verified for beta-glucans, the compound that makes them so valuable as a supplement. They even have a science and medical team of doctors who ensure that Real Mushrooms meets the highest standards. What I personally love is how informative their website is. Have questions about what mushroom is right for you? They have a robust blog with articles ranging from women's health to what mushrooms are most beneficial to your pet. Want to boost your immune system? Have better sleep and feel more calm? Grab the link in the show notes and get 25% off of your first order. Curiously enough, acupuncture is not just sticking needles into people. It's part of a coherent and observation-based medicine that experienced practitioners of the art have handed down over the centuries. I'm Michael Max, your host and guide of Everyday Acupuncture. Listen in as we explore how you can apply the principles of this ancient medicine in your everyday life. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Everyday Acupuncture. I'm really pleased today to have Kathleen Poole with me. Uh, Kathleen's been practicing Chinese medicine for about 25 years. She lives in Groton, Connecticut, beautiful Groton by the sea. And uh, she's spent like 15 years being a clinical supervisor at Tri-State, one of the acupuncture schools there. She's traveled to China. She's traveled to Africa to practice medicine. And, and, and in particular, traveled to China to study with uh, Dr. Huang Huang, who's a, a renowned herbalist, and she spent a lot of time studying with him uh, even today. So I'm delighted to have her on the show. Kate, how's it going over there in Groton? Oh, hey, Michael. It's great to be here. Thanks so much. Um, it's cold. And in Groton, most people may have heard of Mystic, which is just five miles away. So it, it's, a little, it's a little place, and I like being a I kind of like being a hometown acupuncturist yeah, here. Yeah, you're kind of like the country doctor... Whaling community acupuncturist. Well, kind of the town doctor, maybe. Yeah, that's <laughs> yes. great. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about the stuff that people should be keeping in their medicine cabinet in terms of Chinese medicine. I mean, we all have stuff that's in our medicine cabinet, right? There's Band-Aids and probably some Mercurochrome and a couple of bottles of some uh, outdated uh, pharmaceutical. We're not sure why it's there, but we don't throw it out. And tweezers. And today we're looking at uh, what people can keep in their medicine cabinet. Yes, there is so much there. I would like to extend that to their medicine cabinet or their fridge. <laughs> ah, the kitchen. Of, okay. Yes, either or both. Because the first thing that comes to my mind is ginger, which is to food herb. You just can't live without it. Dr. Huang says that Chinese people can't live without ginger. And it has so many uses. It's, just, it's the thing that if you just are feeling a little chilly, you can make some ginger tea. There's a nice formula that you can put ginger in if you cook it up with cinnamon and something. Well, they use the dates in, in the Chinese formula, but you can use your own dates probably. Mm -hmm. would, you could use like prunes or something if you yeah, happen not I to would, have dates. I mean, I would think that would be for home use. That would be 
Perfect. What would you use the ginger for? I mean, you know, most of us think of that as just being this like nice spice, but you're talking medicine. So well, what heavy, does ginger heavy, treat? Heavy. Ginger, if you make a lot of ginger, a really thick ginger tea, and especially if you add cinnamon to it and a little sweetness, um, you, da- you take that and you, you're, this is when you're catching a cold. Mm-hmm. You take a, a nice thick medicinal tea like that and then you get into bed and you cover yourself up and it's it's the old-fashioned sweat the cold out right and so ginger is a very warm herb and you need to just let that happen and and it, it will sweat the cold out and you'll the fever will go down if you have a fever the cold and chills thing you'll have a really good sleep and you should wake up in the morning feeling much better and of course, you still have to take care of yourself when you wake up in the morning. But of course. Yeah. Yeah. How much ginger should somebody use to make up this thick medicinal soup? Well, I would use, let's see, I have to convert grams to ounces. I would use like an ounce of ginger chopped up. Mm-hmm. And uh, chopping it up is nice because it, 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 it releases a lot of, if you just throw the chunk of ginger in and you boil it, it's not as effective as if you chop it up into little more pieces. Surface so area. More surface area. Yeah. yeah. Get more aromatics. Right. I would use about that much, like a good, like a cut an inch off or, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. It's, it's not an exact science, especially when you're doing it at home. So, and some people might find that very strong and hence the, um, the little bit of sweetness to, to counteract that, that right. pungent ginger it, flavor. It, it, and is that why you put the dates in? In Chinese medicine, the dates do have some medicinal purpose, but the dates do sweeten it up a little bit too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. The dates... Licorice and dates in Chinese medicine, when they are put in together, they, um, see, how can I put it? Uh, they make friends with the other herbs and they help the other herbs work together. Yeah, it makes it more tasty too, doesn't it? Yes. And maybe that's how the herbs work better. They're just easier to take. More friendly. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's something. There's another really interesting... Okay, wait, hang, hang on just a okay, second. I'm, right. I'm not quite done with this. Okay. So, yeah. we got ginger, Uh huh. some dates, you can put some cinnamon in. Yes, cinnamon is nice. Uh, just... Uh, break up a bunch of cinnamon, or you could even, if you don't have sticks, sprinkle some cinnamon in. Most sprinkle some cinnamon in. And how long do you cook it for? You could cook it for about 15 or 20 minutes, but I mean, I think 10 would be enough, but you kind of simmer it. Mm-hmm. And the classic way I tell people when I'm making, they're making decoctions is to simmer the decoction for half an hour. You don't have to do anything like that here. So I'd say between, oh, 10 and 15 minutes, simmer it. Okay. And it'll, it'll, it'll smell nice too. It'll be oh, real, yeah. make your, make your house smell just right. love it. So, so yeah. I, I just want to be clear about this. This is for the kind of cold where people are actually feeling cold. They feel cold. They feel chilled. Maybe they've got a little headache on the back of their head right. or top of their head. Right. Uh, or they've, they, yeah, they've been out shoveling snow or something. So they got a chill. Of cold. Yeah, yeah. They yeah, weren't paying attention stuff. to their mother. They didn't wear a scarf and a hat. And That's now they've got the a chill. Thing, scarf and hats. And don't let your chest get cold. Oh, yeah? Tell us about that. That's the other thing. We have these... Um, in the back of our head, right at the occiput, right where the head meets the neck, mm-hmm. we have these points called wind points in Chinese medicine. And that's why you need to keep the scarf on because the cold and the wind enters your body there. Well, also, a lot of times, I know I do it myself. I'm, I am not immune, but I, they have these jackets where you can open the sleeve, the zipper under your arm. Oh, yeah. You know, well, if you don't have one of those, a lot of times you'll get cold. We do a lot of shoveling up here. So right. you get you get you get out there and you're halfway through the driveway and you start getting sweaty and so you open your coat a little bit but when you unzip your coat you're exposing the lungs right it, the wind's blowing right on your chest mm-hmm. and that's another way uh, a lot of people have like cold induced asthma 
but you can also catch a cold like that. You get a chill easier when that happens. So keep the scarf on, keep the hat on, get the kind of coat that you can unzip the underarms. Do not unzip your coat from the chest. And then when you go in all damp and cold, you just do up some nice ginger tea. That sounds delicious. Really help. Yeah. And it's also good for the common cold. Anytime you have the kind of cold where you feel cold or you have fever and then you have a chill, Mm-hmm. You have the muscle aches, that kind of thing. It will help for that. Okay. So there was one other thing that you said. I, I just want to unpack this a little bit. You said you, you drink this really sort of thick, strong, gingery concoction, and then you get in bed and sweat. Do you have to get in bed and sweat? Well, you have to stay well clothed. If you're, You can hang out on the couch. You should not go back out. You hang out on the couch. You, you stay bundled up. And you may not notice you're sweating. It could be this very, very light sweating so it's not like you go to bed and you're pouring sweat Mm -hmm. kind of a glisten yeah yeah or almost a glisten even so don't worry too much about it just trust that the process is happening okay now if somebody doesn't sweat what should they do that is another problem i would think if somebody wasn't sweating they might want to maybe check in with their acupuncturist Mm. because there might be something else going on there yeah and there might be just a few acupuncture points they could do could they also just try a stronger dose of the tea and maybe bundle up more as well? Or maybe stick their feet in some hot water? You know, sticking your feet in hot water might be a good idea. Oh, so if it's a person who doesn't normally have trouble with sweating, mm. and this time they're not sweating, yes, I was thinking of someone who just doesn't sweat. You could have a stronger dose of the tea, but remember in Chinese medicine, more isn't better after a certain point. So I would have maybe another dose of it or two, get your feet nice and warm in a hot bath, maybe some Epsom salts or something like that. That should do it. Just beat that cold. Yeah. Do you have any tricks of your own there to add? I got a bunch of stuff in my medicine cabinet because I have a Chinese pharmacy. So there's a, few, there's a few formulas that I always keep at home and I always travel with them. And of course, I have them at my clinic. But I also will often start, especially if I'm just feeling, you know, I come home and I'm just feeling kind of eh, not quite not quite sick, but not quite well, uh-huh. and a little bit chilled. Yes. Yeah, I will, I will brew up the ginger. I'll toss in a little bit of cinnamon. I like it with just a uh, hint of brown sugar, not too much. And I'll cook it up really thick. It's super spicy. And, and I'll do pretty much what you suggested. I'll usually curl up on the couch unless I'm exhausted and, and get that sweat going. Okay, enough of that. That covers it pretty well with the ginger, and that's really handy and really effective if you happen to be at home and if you happen to have a kitchen handy. But if you're out and about or if you're traveling, kind of inconvenient, what else do you use for the common cold? I use a, a patent called Gan Maoling, and um, you use that, don't you? I don't really like that formula, and partly because I think it's just a big scattershot approach to herbal medicine. Uh-huh. And the kind of training that I've had says... You need to clearly differentiate either it's a cold problem or it's a hot problem. And if you give a scatter shot, oh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, eh, you know, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. And then you say herbal medicine's no good. So I, I want to be clear about is it hot, is it cold, and then choose appropriate formulas. Plus, that Ganma Ling looks like a little vitamin tablet. It looks like a pharmaceutical. I don't really know what they're putting in there. They've got a list of herbs. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I always trust what the Chinese are putting inside of uh, medications. I use the plum flower version of that, so I'm not getting the Chinese pat. Ah, and, and what's your experience with it? What I, what I like about it is some of the same reasons you're saying as an herbalist, it may not be something that I would write a prescription for. But people 
don't know whether their condition is hot or whether it's cold or whether it's wind invasion. or And I don't think people are going to remember how to tell those things. And I have just found that gun knelling used at the very beginning, it really helps people. So your, your clinical experience is it will, at the very beginning of a cold or flu, it can be helpful. It, it cools, you know, which is funny because it has a lot of heat-clearing herbs in it, which is really usually more for later on in the cold, but it does have wind-dispersing herbs in it, and that's the beginning of a cold. So having a common cold is actually an interesting topic for, for people because in Chinese medicine, we, we don't give the same thing when you've had the cold for a week that we give when you first start getting it. Right. In fact, it, we might change the formula after three days. Exactly. Yeah. So one of the things that people take, and they take it in the way you're saying, and not very well, is this, this yin chow, these yin chow tablets they're called. People tend to take those for colds, and it's totally not appropriate to take those in the very beginning stages. So the thing with gonmeling is it's pretty safe. It's easy for people to get. It, and you're right. You're absolutely right. It's not fine-tuned medicine. I agree with you on that. Right. But, yeah. it's, but it's decent. Let me put it this way. It's helpful medicine cabinet medicine. It's stu- you would want to keep it in your medicine cabinet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you want to take it at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. What, now, when you, say, when you say very beginning, some people consider the very beginning of a cold when they're so sick they can't get out of bed. And other people consider very beginning, oh, I, I have this funny little cough that I didn't have three hours ago. What's your sense of very beginning of a cold? When you're, the, when you're saying to people, gosh, you know, I feel like I'm coming down with a cold. And mm-hmm. Exactly. I have this little cough. It's not bad. Oh, you know what? If it gets worse, I'll go see the doctor. You're a little achy and maybe it's because you stayed up too late last night, but maybe it's because you're coming down with something. You've been to your, your child's nursery school as the um, parent of the day and you're around all these kids and you come home feeling a little not quite right, but you're not sure, like a little achy, a little stuffy. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is the beginning of a cold. Okay. So you can do Ganma Ling at this point. It's before you're sick and maybe the first day or two after you're sick. Right. Okay. Is this stuff going to make you sweat like the, the strong ginger tea that you were talking about? No, but my first pick would be the ginger tea. Your first pick's the ginger and tea. Then, and then start taking the Ganma Ling. Okay. All right. And I don't know, you may not agree with that, that concept either. This is a good conversation. Well, you know, as an herbalist, when I think about treating myself or treating patients or family members, no, I don't think that way. But when I think about something general that will be useful, likely useful, and certainly not hurt you, then, you know, I, I think maybe I'm, I'm coming over to a different point of view here with this conversation. And uh, May, I mean, yeah, you know, I, I think I'll experiment with it. I'll, exp- I'll start with myself because I'm my favorite white mouse. <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> and see how that goes. Because, you know, again, we, we want this to be, I mean, there's a lot of stuff with Chinese medicine that's very technical. But the beautiful thing about it is there's a lot that isn't. And over in Asia, people use aspects of Chinese medicine all the time. Because it's embedded in the culture, and so this sounds like another one of those things. Again, I've had an opinion about it until until today, having this conversation with you. Um, but you've had some good clinical results with it, so and and you're sourcing it from a place that's trustworthy. So that's important. Yes, yes. 
Well, while we're on the subject, though, let's let's move into like what if you go somewhere, what what would you carry with you? Like I I always have curing pills on me. Yes, always. Yeah. Why why don't you tell us a bit about curing pills and why you would want to have them? Well, curing pills are basically for tummy aches. And again, they're, you, it's the same thing with gamelling. It's this generic thing. It's not really um, exactly a formula that you might write out and prescribe for somebody. But um, it's, um, it's this kind of like, it's not like Tums, okay? But it's the same idea. If, you, if you're an American, you just go and get some over-the-counter tummy pills. These, mm-hmm. these would be what you would get. They're good if you have... I never went anywhere without them when I was raising my kids. They're good for nausea in the car. So, oh, so like helpful for car sickness, yeah. Tummy troubles after you eat, like if you're a little bit bloated or a little bit gassy. I mean, they're just nice, all-around, generic, work-well pills for stomach aches. They're not for you've got colitis. They're not for you've got irritable bowel syndrome. Therefore, your stomach hurts in some Mm -hmm. way where you just need an over-the-counter thing. So a little stomach ache or... They're great for kids. So they're safe and good for kids. Yeah. And yeah. food stagnation is what as one of the things we call is when you eat, you overeat. There's another formula that's better than curing pills for overeating. I think that's also handy. But curing pills are like the go-to stomach problem. Yeah. I never travel without them myself. Oh, yes. Yeah, so we agree on that one. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> what about <laughs> Balhawan? Do you like Balhawan? You know, I know Balhawan is really famous. Um, it's good if, you, if you've been overeating, so they say. Right. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's okay. I'm still. I really like those curing pills. I think they're they're great for overeating. You know, it's kind of like the Alka Seltzer of the Chinese medicine world. And I find that right. they're really exactly. good for nausea. Maybe you ate something and it it just didn't quite agree with you, or you're getting a touch of the flu, or you've been traveling on a bus in China for eight hours and the last place that you <laughs> ate was a little sketchy. It can, I mean, it can actually get you through it. Oh, it, it definitely. Here's an idea. Here's what I'd like to do when I go, especially it's holiday time now. I don't know when this whole podcast will air, but it is, it is near the holidays. It's just before Christmas for Christians and the solstice and, you know, lots of parties. So when I bring a bottle of wine to a party, I usually bring a bottle of wine. I might bring a non-alcoholic bottle of wine. This is like for Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner. Mm-hmm. I bring my bottle of wine and I bring my hostess gift of Baohuan. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a bit about Baohuan. Well, see, I feel like Baohuan is a little bit curing pills amped up for dealing with overeating in particular. Mm-hmm. That's how I think of Baohuan. Okay. So I, I suspect some of our listeners are going to be thinking, oh, so this is something that purges you. Because no. most people here in the States, when we think of, oh, I'm going to clear out overeating, we think about purging. Yes. Yeah, see, that's the beauty of Chinese medicine. If you want to purge, that's usually some medical thing. You've got to get it out. With the Baohuan and the curing pills, what they do is they, it's almost as if they, they make it so your stomach has more space to digest. It's, it's like it untangles that mass of, of substance and food in your stomach that's in this little kind of ball it, it loosens it up and it, it, it aids the digestion. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't make you purge. It'll make it just more open and the enzymes flowing better and that kind of thing. So it's doing it by helping the stomach rather than by pushing something out. Right. So you're, you're taking the natural processes of digestion yeah. and just giving them a gentle boost. 
Right. And they, it's kind of like people take enzymes sometimes. Papaya enzymes are popular. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that, except it's better because it's actually working with the processes of the stomach in many ways. You know, I, I mean, it's kind of complicated to explain now, but yeah. um, uh, you have to go into Chinese theory to explain it. Right. Totally. And we just want people to yeah. be able to understand this well enough to go, oh, right. I can't believe I ate the whole thing and, you know, grab the balcony. Right. Well, if you think of it when you use Tiger Bomb under your nose, I don't know if you've ever done that, um, something aromatic under Hasn't your nose. Hasn't everybody? Your sinuses open, yes. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like with curing pills, you're doing that for the stomach. You're giving it something that will like, oh, I can breathe now. I can do my job. Yeah, it just takes that bloating out. and You, can, I, you know, I don't know if the Chinese have done any research and experiments and motility studies and that kind of thing, but my sense is that it gently improves the peristalsis of the intestines, and so things literally move a little faster, not to the point of purging, but they just move through the system with a little more speed and a little more oomph. Right, because you've loaded them down and they can't move at all. Yeah. So you're helping that first dosis come back. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Balkawan is up there in your medicine cabinet. Oh, and by the way, Michael, I'm going to take the things we talked about and write them on my website and you can give a link and they can see the little bottles, what they look like, and they'll know how to spell these things. Cool. You know, you, you can do that, and I appreciate that. I also want to remind the listeners that on the show notes page, we'll have links to pages, uh, pages Kate's website. And uh, Kate, if you want to send that as a PDF or some, some photos or something, we'll, we'll put it right on the show notes webpage. Okay, I'll work on that this week and I'll get it to you. Yes. Yeah. And then people can go, just go get that. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's actually cool. easier for me than doing a whole new page on my own. Yeah, let you know what? Let us do the hard work. We'll do the heavy lifting for you. Hope you're enjoying the show. I'd love to know about what topics are of interest to you. If you have a health concern or if you want to know specifics about how acupuncture can help to promote vibrant well-being, visit the website at www.everydayacupuncturepodcast.com and send an email. Michael, there's something else. This is a totally different topic, but this is one of my favorite medicine cabinet herbs, and no kitchen should be without this herb. It's a cook's best friend. In fact, if you want a great hostess gift, get them some, or host gift in these days, Ching Wang Hung. And you, you can pronounce it. My pronunciation is terrible. I Ching Wang Hung? I don't even know what Ching Wang Hung is. It's the amazing burn cream. Oh. It, it, like, we sell it for three fifty. You get a Chinatown, you know, cheaper than that. And it's, um, it comes in a tube like bacitracin or something like that, except it's really pretty... Chinese herbs, um, symbols, and, you know, red and yellow cloth. Mm-hmm. And if you burn yourself, you know, you're going into the oven, you've got the oven mitt on, and you, you, hit, you hit the edge. With oh, yeah. No, right? d- you know yeah. what? Don't even say it. I don't even want to think about it. You grab the Ching Wang Hong that's on your, your windowsill, mm-hmm. immediately put some of that on, and it will take, within minutes, it will take away the, um, the burning pain, and you will not have blisters in the morning. Seriously. Well, I'm glad we're having this con. You know, I learn a lot by interviewing other people. Yeah, it's I've been amazing. A, I've been a big fan of uh, the burn cream that uh, 
you get from spring wind. I think that's pretty good stuff, too. Oh, it's too. the same kind of thing. It's yeah. The, the spring wind burn cream is superb. In fact, I would encourage people to buy that because it is American-made with no questionable products. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Know? Andy Ellis is really on top of Andy, that stuff. Andy, I love Andy. So, yeah. So, okay. So, the burn cream, either the... The Chinese version, which has passed muster in your kitchen, or the American version, which goes by the name, uh, I think it's just called burn ointment. It's just called burn cream, I think. Yeah, yeah, from spring wind or herbs. burn. I have it, I have it on my shelf here. I can look and see. Yeah, no, that's okay. We're just going to stick a link on the show notes page, and people can, can go get it. It's called burn cream. You're right. Oh, by the way, caution: not for third degree burns. Not for this th- is for like right. You know, yeah. Okay. Okay. So. What, what else for traveling or kitchen? Or well, what, let's, uh, we'll get into traveling in a moment. Um, what else do you have in your medicine cabinet there? I like, again, maybe we'll disagree on this one, but for sleeping, mm-hmm. it's called An Shen Bushin Dan. Or, An Shen Bushin Dan? Yeah. Yes. It's, um, it's, I use a plum flower again, mm-hmm. and they replace the word Dan with tea pills. So this is An Shen Bushin tea pills. Okay. And they... You can take eight of them before you go to bed, and it will really help your sleep. Okay, so let me let's just unpack this a little bit here. My herbalist mind just is dying to know. So there are some people who are mentally restless; they can't quite turn off their brain, and that's why they don't sleep. There's other folks; exactly. they're not mentally restless; they're just physically awake. Their mind is actually kind of offline, but they're physically awake. Can this? formulation be used for both of those kinds of insomnia, or would it be better for one than the other? Well, I find that it's a kind of a general insomnia or anxiety formula. I think those people who can't turn their brains off, you might want to add something else based on a diagnosis to add to theirs. Like they could they could take whatever their prescribed herb was, which might be a very inexpensive patent herb, that they take all all day. So like my patients who do that, I might be putting them on like relaxed wanderer or free and easy wanderer or I might put them on something. And, and then I'll say, and now, you know, at night, just take some of these if you wake up or just take some of these before you go to bed. And then other people who don't have that problem, these on Shen pills are still helpful. And here's the thing, they don't make, people are afraid to take them when I prescribe them, and they'll, they'll be afraid they're going to make them groggy like some of those pharmaceutical medicines. Well, most of the pharmaceuticals leave people feeling awful the next day. Right. Well, these, again, like the curing pills worked in a different way. These work in a different way. Um, in Chinese medicine, the heart chi, or the heart energy, is responsible for how you sleep. Mm-hmm. And what these pills do is they go in, and just like, like a parent comforting a child, like, it's okay, you can settle down. These pills go in and they do that to your heart energy. It's okay, you can settle down. So whether it's just there because you're like that or it's there because you are thinking of something that you can't stop thinking of, it's still going to calm your heart energy down. So either way, okay, so again, this is, this is why it's in your medicine cabinet because it's kind of a, oh, dare I say it, a broad-spectrum sleep aid. Yeah, no, I mean, it really is. And, and if you have a severe insomnia, obviously you need to be taking something else with this that will treat that pattern mm-hmm. that you have of, of disharmony. But these you can take, they're safe. And they're safe for children. They're safe, you know, they're just right. safe. Hey, here's and, a, here's a question. Other- I'm sorry, I interrupted you, but I'm, I'm not going to let you off the hook here. They're inexpensive. And they come from plum flowers, so they're overseen by folks here in the United States that are manufacturing them. Right, yes. Yeah. So they're 
they're doing the testing and everything they need to do. That's important. What about using this for inability to sleep due to jet lag? Do you have any experience with that? Uh, You know what? I I don't have experience with using this for that. Um, I don't either, but I'm thinking maybe it it might help. Because, you know, I usually do acupuncture on myself for jet lag. I haven't really tried. um, That's interesting. I don't know. I mean, I would certainly try it. It's safe enough. Well, you know, I think I'll just go buy a plane ticket this week and maybe like jet over to Shanghai for a week and, you know, try it out. Oh, well, I'm going to the Portland Old Time Festival next month, so maybe I'll take some with me there. There you go. Of course I'll take them. I always take them. Take them with you, see if it helps with jet lag, and report back to us. I will. That's All right. great. Okay. That sounds good. Okay, so we've got sleep aids. We've got some digestive stuff. We've got the Ganmaling, which I'm, I'm skeptical, but, you know, I'm willing to be a white mouse. I'll give it a try. Uh-huh. What else you got? What about in that? injuries? Injuries. I keep a bottle of um, scotch in the in the in the closet. There you go. You could just sprinkle some uh Yunnan Bayao in there and it would really move the blood. <laughs> tell us about Yunnan Bayao. Yunnan Bayao is amazing. Yeah, tell us about that stuff. Yunnan Bayao is a, a blood regulator, I like to say, because it's not making you bleed, it's not stopping you bleed, it's a blood regulator. So it's used for bleeding. And what's nice about Yunnan Bayao is it comes in this little blister pack and you pop out a capsule that you can open up and it's got this orange powder inside it. Mm-hmm. And it's got herbs in it that in Chinese medicine are said to regulate the blood. So if you cut yourself, and again, we're not talking huge cuts here, like you slice yourself with a knife in the kitchen again. Mm-hmm. You grab a capsule of pop out a capsule from the blister pack and you open up the, the gel, the cat gel cap, and then you sprinkle this on your injury, like right on the bleeding. Right. I've done, I've done that before. It's, it, and it will really help it heal. It's also probably got some skin healing. I'm not sure. It, I, my guess is it has skin healing herbs in it as well. And the other thing about it is you can take it for, you know what, I ride a motorcycle and I keep some in my pocket. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's good for emergency medicine when there's bleeding. Yes. So you can just take it. So if you get banged up, bruised, contusions, yeah. broken bones... Exactly. Yeah. So that kind of thing, it, it moves blood. It keeps, it keeps uh, bruising and swelling from, from stagnant blood from happening. And it's really good to sprinkle on an injury that's actively bleeding. Yeah. This, this stuff has almost like a magical aura about it. Anyone who's been involved with Chinese medicine or really anybody who, who lives over in Asia, I think there's another name for this stuff, which is will not trade it for gold. And evidently soldiers will not part with they're Yunnan Bayao. There's some other active herbs that are in there that, they, that you can also use. People there know long, you know, and they've known for a long time that if you have a serious injury, this stuff, right. really, it stops bleeding and promotes healing both at the same time. And it can improve the flow of blood. So this is kind of a contradiction, but it's true. It'll stop bleeding at the same time. It'll promote the flow of blood through the injured area, which helps it to heal faster. Right. That's why I that's why I use the term regulate. Right. Because it will promote the flow of blood through and it and I mean even for assuming that you've consulted your doctor, like even for post surgical problems and oh things God, like I, that. I tell my patients to take it post surgical. Oh, and you know what else? Menstrual cramps. Ah. It's not the thing it's not the it's not the medicine of choice I would give a woman who came that had that problem. But if she called me on the phone and said, oh, you know, I'm just, I'd say, go get your unit bio. It's the medicine cabinet solution for it. Right. Even things like that, because menstrual cramps are blood stuff not moving. 
Right. Hey, since we're on menstrual cramps here, have you got a Chinese Midol? I mean, have you got this something? This might be a Chinese Midol, actually. <laughs> There's, um, gosh, you know what? There are so many things that you can use for that. There's this rambling powder that we talked about before that Relaxed Wanderer can help. Mm-hmm. There are different, I mean, I think probably if you have, I would say the Yunnan Baiyao and maybe the Relaxed Wanderer. There's another thing called Wenjing Tong. It might depend on whether warmth helps, how bad they are. You know, like it's just regular standard menstrual cramps. A lot of times the, the Relaxed Wanderer will help. Yeah. The Shaoyao San. Yeah. So this, uh, this is one of those situations, isn't it, where because there's a, while well, a lot of women have menstrual cramps and the cramps basically feel the same to them, there there can be a lot of different reasons why they have that. And so this this might be one of those situations where it's helpful to go to an acupuncturist, get a diagnosis, figure out why you're having that problem, and then have them direct you toward the herbs that would be most suited to your particular situation. Yeah, I think that's right, Michael. And the other thing about the menstrual things is... um. Acupuncture is so wonderful. Uh, a lot of times when women come to me with that, I say, well, let's do two or three acupuncture sessions first, and then we'll get you on some herbs. Because how they react to the acupuncture might help me know what herbs to give them. Yep. And the acupuncture can, my son has, it can give instant relief. My son's son was doing a, he's a filmmaker, he was doing a, uh, he was in school doing a film thing, and there was one girl on the team, and they were all, these five kids were staying at my house, and this poor girl had menstrual cramps, you know, and I was the only one who, like, knew what was wrong with her. And so the boys were just, like, oblivious. And so I, um... Well, of course, they're boys. What would we know about menstruation? Come on, give us a break. Lay down on the couch. We won't tell them what we're doing this for. Um, and I gave her this treatment for needles, and they, it was, they were gone. Acupuncture, for men's provide, you know, like, that's not my doll. Um, I think acupuncture is amazing for that kind of thing, and PMS and that. And so I use the herbal medicine in my practice as support for my acupuncture for those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Although I know that other people don't. I know that there are other acupuncturists who prefer using herbs for those kinds of things. But just for me, that's what really works. Right. Well, you know, and, and, and our listeners may not be aware of this. Most of us in the United States that have been trained in acupuncture, we've all studied acupuncture. Some of us have actually studied herbal medicine. But just because True. your acupuncturist is prescribing herbal medicine, it doesn't necessarily mean they have a strong background in it. It might mean they've taken a few weekend courses. Herbal medicine is a piece of Chinese medicine, as is acupuncture. So, right. so you yep. might want to check, if you're really thinking about going to somebody and getting some help with issues herbally, you might want to check their background. And, and see what kind of training they've had and if they've done any special schooling and if they've um, passed the tests for any of the national exams, that sort of thing. Because uh, You're so right. That's yeah. so right, yes. Because it, in most states, there aren't regulation about herbal. And a lot of – well, not a lot anymore, but um, it, it used to be that a lot of acupuncture schools didn't even – teach herbs. Like, I didn't learn herbs in acupuncture school. I had to go to another whole three, three years. And so I see acupuncture and herbs as different disciplines. They really and in are. in fact, when I have my acupuncture patients, if they want me to give herbs, I'll either just throw some patent herbs like this down and say, take these. And if they don't work, come back. But if they want an herbal evaluation from me, it's a separate appointment. Ah, yes. And you take it really I, seriously. I charge them less of a fee because I have a lot of the information already from the acupuncture intake. But 
if they want me to write them a prescription and really get into the herbs with them, it's a separate appointment. Yeah. You know, but I will give these patent kinds of things we're talking about quite liberally if I'm doing acupuncture. And 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 again, often these are the kinds of things. I'm not going to say it's folk medicine because it's not, but it's pretty common knowledge in in China. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, someone's aunt or uncle yeah. or grandma is going to have a pretty good understanding of this stuff. So it may sound kind of magical to us here in the states to have these things in our medicine cabinet, but it's all over medicine cabinets in Asia. Oh right, it's in their kitchens. It's in their it's medicine in their kitchen. cabinets. That's it's right. In their- travel bag at all times, you yeah, know, and, yeah. and uh, yeah. All right. So what else do you have in your medicine cabinet? If we want to stay on, I have two more things to talk about, and we, I'm sure there's more, but um, if we're going to stay on the martial arts theme of the injury theme, we have sure. this thing called, and you can correct my pronunciation again, Zheng uh, Gu Shui. Oh, yeah, Zheng Gu Shui. That's uh, literally upright bone water. Yeah, Zheng Gu water. It's a liniment, but Andy, again, the man who has the burn cream, he has something similar to Junko Shui. It might be the same, almost same formula. I don't know, but it's called Dr. Schur's Liniment. Dr. Schur's is the bomb. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's, it's the Junko Shui is, of course, cheaper. But uh, Andy does not use isopropyl alcohol in his. So there's, you know, the, the quality of the herbs going into Andy's uh, Dr. Schur's Liniment is going to be much better. But they do the same thing. And what it is, it's a very, like you said, water. Shui, it's water or liquid, that you rub into an area, so like a swollen ankle or an achy shoulder, that, that kind of thing. It's a, it's a liniment. It's liniment, like what you would you just rub on if you were in pain. And I use that sometimes when people have tendonitis or they have a swollen ankle. I'll tell them, get a cheesecloth, a really thin fabric, soak it with the, the jungle Shui or the Dr. Schur's, and then wrap your ankle in it because you have to wrap your ankle anyway. Mm-hmm. And just sleep like that so that liniment can just keep soaking in. And what it does is, it, like the human bio, it moves circulation through the area. And that's how it takes swelling down. Um, it'll move the circulation through the area, promote good blood flow. Nutrients can come in. The um, toxins can move out from the injury. Uh, this is not for open wound injuries. This is for a swelling, a sprain, something like that. Right. It's a, it's, I use it a lot with my athletes. Oh, yeah. Coming with different repetitive strain syndromes. Yeah. Or even just an office worker with repetitive strain. They would benefit from this, too. Right. They have to, they have to put a brace on, like, their carpal tunnel area. They can put the junk with cloth on first and then have that there. Yeah. It's a good idea. I, I always keep this in stock for people. Okay. And to tell you the truth, I keep the jungle shui in stock because I do have this community acupuncture clinic, and um, I prefer selling people at Dr. Schur's because of the quality of the herbs, but some people just can't afford the extra five bucks. So, you know, they're the ones who will go here and take this $3 bottle of mm-hmm. jungle shui. Yeah. So they both do basically the I'm same thing. I'm very practical. You gotta be. Well, of course you're practical. You got all this yeah. Chinese medicine in your medicine cabinet. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So what, what else you got in there? Oh, the other thing, back to the respiratory problems. Now, there's many different ones. I happen to use this because I I got, I was using one called Biyuan Wan. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I wasn't able to get it. Oh, wait. No, wait a minute. Is that the one? It's for sinus congestion. Yeah, it's the, uh, well, there's a number of them that, that have different names. Yeah, yeah. So, but the one I've been using lately is called P, I'll spell it, P-E-M-I-N-K-A-N-W-A-N, Pumin Kan Wan. I'm not familiar with that one either. That's another plum flower, and I, 
I'm using it because I had a hard time getting the other one, so I just had to get something new. And this is just, you take it, keep it in your purse, keep it in your in your, your knapsack, and take it as needed when your nose gets stuffy from allergies. All right. So in the spring, it's, a, it's invaluable to people in the spring. We can't keep it in stock in the spring. So it really rocks for the seasonal allergies. And it's not that you take it so many times a day throughout the day. You can, Although that's what it says on the bottle. But the way I do it is I say, just take this if you need it. You know, if you feel like it's going to be a bad day, start taking it. Mm-hmm. So I, I got a question about this because some decongestants will make people kind of loopy or spacey or speedy. Any kind of those side effects with this? No, again, because it's not working like that. It's doing this Chinese thing. Or, I mean, I practice Chinese medicine. I could be Asian. There are other countries that do it. But um, this Chinese theory of it goes in and it aromatically disperses the gunk. Ah, so it's okay. not like making you woozy. It's just like making it break up. And then it's if you have too much fluid and it's it's gelled into mucus, what the Piman Kanwan and what other things like that do is they, they ungel it. They make it more liquid. So you might blow your nose a little bit more, but hopefully your body is able to take that liquid that's been bound up and reuse it. So maybe somewhere else where you're too dry, it might get a little bit moister. Right. So, so it's more regulatory in a sense. Yes. And now that regulation is such a key word for any kind of Chinese herbal medicine. And it has, has some like break up the congested herbs in it, which is very different approach from if you went in and got one of those, uh, I don't know, I don't even know what they are because I don't use them, the, the over-the-counter pharmaceutical. Right. Well, there's a ton of them. And then, and then they sell them like candy around here in the Midwest. Well, I'm going to have to try this on my patients uh, in the spring. Same- and it, the beauty is that it won't dry you out. It'll make you moist. Now, there you go, because a lot of folks complain that, yes, I take these medications, and now I'm dried out, I'm thirsty, my throat feels cottony, and right. all that kind of thing. Yeah. So, okay, cool. When you go traveling, what do you take? In my travel bag, um, I take, I, car- I carry the uh, burn cream with me. That's nice for sunburns and things like that, too. So I well, keep that, that with sense. me. I keep, I keep, I always have Yunnan Bio. Mm-hmm. I no, I don't really bring the jungle spray. So my travel kit has a form of burn cream, um, the Yunnan Bayao. I take the curing pills for sure. I don't have much of a sleeping problem, but I do bring the the onshen. Just me. in case, yeah. Yeah, and I take I take the Baohe wand if I don't have the curing pills, or I might take both because if I'm going to be, I mean, I tend to when I travel, I have I like to have some fun. I like well, you've been with me. We we like to have our share of uh, good food and. Oh, yeah. um, that's when I would use the Baho wand. But if I was just getting a little sick on the plane, I'd probably take the curative pills. So I take those. That's what I take. And I always travel. We can do another podcast about this, but I always travel with a cup. Always travel with a cup. I always have a cupping, a cupping cup. Oh, with you, me. you know what? Kate? And of course, I always have my needles with me. <laughs> of course. It would be fun to do another show on cupping because cupping, yeah, we could go on for a while about it. Yeah. It's super easy to do. It can be really effective. You don't need a whole lot of specialty training. Yeah, so, yeah, we'll get you back on to do uh, a uh, DIY cupping session. Right, or like DIY things you can do like that at home. Oh, I want to add, too, in my travel kit, I don't carry this because I don't have allergies. But if I did have allergies, I carry Piman Kanwan. Mm-hmm. And when I go camping, I have a different travel kit I take with me because I camp at this, this uh, old-time music festival every July, and I take like a medicine kit so I can help other people. 
Ah, yeah. So I might have more. But what I take for me is different than what I would take if I was traveling with people. Right. Okay. Well, maybe you could take a picture of your travel kit for us. Oh, and, good idea. Uh, and, yeah. and, and we'll put that up on the show notes, too, so people can, uh, can make their own. Oh, Moxa. I always have Moxa on me, too. Yeah. That's another show. <laughs> yeah. And I have two cigarettes. I always, I always have a pack of cigarettes with me. A pack of cigarettes? Yes. So here's a handy trick. Okay. And tobacco, you could think of it as an herb in this case. I have a problem with my ears when I fly. Mm-hmm. And it's, I learned this in Mexico when I was in Mexico. And then I talked to a couple other people since who also learned the same trick in Mexico. And I don't know what it is down there. I guess they like to smoke. But you take a cigarette and it's got to have a filter. Okay. It has to be a filter cigarette. You take, you light it and take a good strong puff to get it going. And you put the filter end in, in your ear. Okay, I'm talking as a person who travels, not as a doctor right now. You put the filter in your ear and it makes this very light suction because of the, uh, you have to be careful, you know, you don't want to burn your hair. Right. But it's like... It's if like you have handling. hair. It's like ear candling. It's like a very, um, yeah, you wouldn't have to worry. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. <laughs> but it's like a very mild form of ear candling, if anybody's done that. So it creates a little pressure, pressure difference and helps to unclog the ear. Right, yeah. That's kooky. So there you go. Pretty wow. weird, huh? <laughs> yeah. Not, Chine- not Chinese medicine, but, uh, but it's a good do-it-yourself. Right, well, you asked me what was in my travel kit. Yes, pack pack of cigarettes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's great. Well, Kate, it's been delightful talking with you today. And I hope our listeners got some useful information. I know I have. There's a couple things I need to go out and and kind of revisit. It's easy to get stuck in your own habits. Yes, it's so, yeah. That's why it's great to talk together because you and I have different ideas and we can stimulate each other that way. And maybe we'll have a nice conversation. I'm planning to come to St. Louis in June. So again, thanks for being here. And uh, hey, if people wanted to find you, where what's your website? Where they where do they find you? Oh, it's 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 AccuGroton. My my business name is Mystic River Acupuncture. Mystic River Acupuncture. It's AccuGroton, A C U G R O T O N dot com. But if you just Google Kathleen Pool Groton, Connecticut, I, I come up. You'll pop up. And, of course, we'll have all this information on where? The show notes. So you can just pop over to that. Kate, as ever, it's such a delight to uh, hang out with you for a bit. I always learn something, and it's always a lot of fun. Oh, it's so fun, yeah. So, all right, my friend. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show. Okay. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Everyday Acupuncture. If so, please take a moment, click on the iTunes review button, and leave a review of the show. And be sure to tune in again next week. 